The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Practical Spirituality Positive Messages This is Unity Online Radio The Voice of an Awakening World Are you ready to create a life that's intentional and dynamic? Welcome to The Intentional Spirit with your host, Rev. Temple Hayes. And welcome everyone and thank you for tuning in today or tuning in later. I'm just so grateful to all of you that share this radio show all over the world. We feel so blessed by you and knowing that each of us are are committed to living a life that is grounded, that um, can walk through any experience that happens in this world and remembering who we are and how to grow from those experiences. And it's my pleasure and privilege today to introduce you to someone that I have the utmost respect for that actually I've worked with before in the past and still benefit from that work today. And that would be none other than Guruji Poonamya Paul. Welcome, 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 and welcome from my heart. I'm so delighted that you're here. Thank you. Thank you, Temple. It's lovely to be here. Lovely to be chatting with some beautiful people. So, yes. Absolutely. And and thank you for your um you know, your your brave walk in, in this life that you left Singapore in a, a place of great comfort and 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 relocated to America and settled into uh Clearwater, Florida, where hopefully most of the times the water is clear and when it's not, you do energy <laughs> work and you make it different, don't you? <laughs> Oh, that's a very interesting temple. Yes, of course, you put it so nicely. (laughs) You see, I'm on clear water and on nursery road. So, you know. Oh, boy, that's humbling, isn't it? That's very humbling. (laughs) We're we're in the clear water on nursery road. So, you know, we thought this was really, uh, really befitting that we begin from nursery road. Yeah, well, you um, you have greatly impacted my life, and and just because I don't physically see you doesn't mean that um, you're not um, in my thinking process. I, I attributed to you in my book, "When Did You Die?" Uh, eight steps to stop dying every day and start waking up, and and just a lot of different things. I was um, referring you uh, to you the other day as as I you know was born metaphysical and. It wasn't an organization that made me metaphysical. I was born that. It was an organization that validated my being metaphysical because I didn't have a lot of metaphysical friends in in school or anything like that. But it's 
as mindful as I am about my language, um, an area that you really help me become aware is like improv management or niceties. You know, like mm -hmm. uh, seeing someone on the elevator and saying, I hope to see you again. And <laughs> you, ca you, caught, you caught me doing that a couple of times. And you said, now, Temple, you just uh, made yourself a next lifetime, you know, to meet that person so you'll see them again. <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, oh, I don't want to say that. <laughs> but you, you made yeah. me take my languaging to the next level. Many things, but that is that is one that, you know, as humans, we like those little quick things, those little fun things that we can get in touch with. And I've been so grateful to that ever since because I was mindful of, of, of what I was affirming and what I was invoking, but it made me so aware to not say things to people that it wasn't that I was intentionally lying. It's just I wasn't even mindful of what was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. It's, it's like the society and the world today have become so enwrapped that they forget, they do not have clear learning with how they're using their words. Words are very powerful. We must be very mindful of how we use them. And when we are going to use our words, like without thinking, just because we learned it that way or we fell into a society that uses it that way, uh, doesn't excuse us from getting stuck with our words still. We still need to understand the power of words and how to use them. They will make changes in our lives with every word that we speak is and captured and held in our Akakshic records. So we wouldn't like there to be words that we wouldn't truly want to use if we knew that true meaning. So there are so many things. The one thing I, I, I think I would like to share is everybody whom I talk to uh, utters, uh, I don't know virtually every every other sentence is i don't know i don't think i know i don't know um, i believe i'm not aware i don't know so the phrase the direct phrase i don't know is like your mind computer takes a shutdown every time you say i don't know so a mind computer is faster in speed than the human computer that we have developed by almost a hundred times, I believe. It's just, I'm just taking a, a stance. We are so much faster than the computer. So we don't even come to know that we took a halt and we restarted, rebooted. But every time that you stop and halt the complete computer, and reboot it, the whole uh, thought process or the thought of line changes. And the last thing that is spoken stays captured. So if you understand what I'm saying, then it is every time you say, I don't know, your 
mind computer takes a shutdown and what gets imprinted on the brain is the last words which is i don't know so next time you tend to repeat the i don't know even more than you did the last time oh and i love that i love that and i love the analogy of the computer and it it's like you you shut it down it's yeah. like um it's like every time someone asks you something and you, um, I learned by repeating it, by the way, I'm not trying to repeat what you just said. So I'll look smart. I just learned by integrating and repeating something. And, and so it's likened to that. If you are wanting to open up a new page on your computer for wisdom and it's not popping up quick enough, then check your internet connection. You don't have to turn your computer off and reboot and let it start with the big words, I don't know. Actually, that's how you shut it down. And um, that is, that's such a, a powerful uh, reality. I, I, I learned that uh, many years ago when I was taking like real estate tests and things like that, is I, I trained my mind to say, there's a mind that knows the answer somewhere in that, uh, you know, those months of studying that answer is somewhere in my photographic memory or I absorb the information. And so when I would come to a question, I didn't know the answer to, I wouldn't say, Oh my gosh, I have no idea what that is. Then I would get so anxious that, you know, the next six questions I would respond the same way, but I would just move along to the next thing that I knew. And I kept saying, there's a mind that knows. And then, and then it came to me. Um, I love that. I love that. It's very powerful. You're so good. (laughs) Yep. It's excellent. But what I'm trying to stress upon is that that becomes like let us say we're reading a page and then there is bold letters and you know apart from being bold they're italic so they're standing out in the whole page so every time our computer takes a shutdown i don't know becomes in bold italics you know might Mm -hmm. be three times the size of the normal printing hence when we are scanning through our memory what do we find we're going for highlighted words it's i don't know i don't know i don't know is highlighted in our speech like you know might be a million times a day if we speak two million words one million out of that is i don't know so where do we where do we rest our case we're locking ourselves down we are making ourselves limited and we're not accessing our true memory. To access our true memory, we have to grant ourselves permission. And just like you said just now, it is your mind knows all the answers. Absolutely correct. And we've got to give ourselves the, well, let's say the reason, the flow to be connected to that knowledge that exists within us. The human mind uses like but a fraction, only two to three percent of our whole ability that our brain has. Normal average human beings end up using only between two to three percent. So imagine what is the capability of your mind if you give it the prompt, it finds it for you. So you give it the prompt and it will 
look for the answer and deliver the answer to you. So whatever you're confused about, tell your mind, I have the answer and I would like to find it. I grant myself permission to find it. And your mind will find it for you. So that's more or less what you voiced just now. But yeah, that's the ability of our brain. Remember, did your phone die? Oh no, we're with you. We're taking it all okay. in. We're breathing it in. We're having the experience of <laughs> of your of your energy. Um, oh, okay. For see, for a, a lot of our yeah, listeners sorry. that are coming in on the show, I you were on the show uh, years ago. Um, yeah. I've, I've known you for uh, 10 years. It was one of those divine appointments. I'm so grateful we had it and continue to. And I really mean that, continue to. Um, <laughs> with, the, with your life, um, how, how did your life unfold um, in a way that you knew that this was what you were supposed to do? Or what is your story? Because so many people tune in from all over the world and they may be healers or they may have a voice and they may have something to give the world um, or just be in the moment with their families. And they're, they're often hearing somebody else's story will give them the courage or the awareness. Um, how did you unfold into doing the work you do in the world? It, it I mean to say, uh, it's like making a synopsis of my life in how many minutes? Two or three? It's really mm -hmm. a bit hard. <laughs> as many as you would like. Oh, yeah. No, I was born with my abilities, and I spent most of my life trying to figure out how I knew things that other people did not. So it mm -hmm. was quite a journey in my life. I would, uh, I'm the youngest of like five children that my parents had. And as an automatic, you know, you would go to the older siblings asking for the answers that I saw this and did you. And plus like my mother got married when she was like still 17. And they had three children and decided that's enough. They don't want any more family. And then came about the Indochina war. And they had by accident another child, another son. And then when my father came back from the war, so to say, he said, I think we need another daughter. And went and had another child. So we are like kind of uh, two sets of families, you know. And got <laughs> three, three much older siblings and then uh, two of us who are like, you know, you can say a decade later, the second generation siblings. So, well, that's how it happened. So that's how we are. So when I'm young, it's, I remember going back and forth to my oldest siblings that okay I can see the fairies can you see them too and hmm. they thought it was very cute because now uh, they are in their teens when I'm born so you know I'm like a little doll for them to play 
So they agree uh-huh. to everything. So I don't come to know till much, much later in life that uh, they were just bluffing me and normal people cannot see auras and cannot see these fairies or so-called, you know, energies flying around. It came as quite a shock to me when I realized that they were bluffing me for most of my life. <laughs> so it kind of took me down, and um, but I had a maternal uncle that reinstated, saying that he could see me and he knew whatever I was saying is correct. And though he cannot see them, he believes in me. And that was quite, uh, you can say, uh, the the perfect thing at that moment when I was really crashing, coming to know that nobody could see things and nobody knew what I was talking about, actually. Uh, but if the nobody is mainly, you know, like uh, people around me said, oh, we, we were just pampering you because you're so cute. And now you've grown up. Stop it. <laughs> <laughs> so... But then began my journey to try and find somebody who could understand what I'm seeing. So I traveled a lot. I found a lady in England who was like totally blown off. She said, oops, yes, uh, I know what you can see. And there are very few people that would have this capability that you're talking about. She hadn't met any. I was the first. So she was... uh, very high-end, you can say, psychic that validated that I was uh, somewhat of a freak. <laughs> and there were not many people like me, is, is what I took back home with me to India. And then I decided, okay, so if I'm a freak, I'm a freak, let me go enjoy life. I took off for Australia and... Again, you know, found a whole community of astrologers and psychics and people who were spiritual-minded and loved to play music. So as I was going through them, this lady looks at me and says, you must go and find this person. You know, he still is alive. He stands behind you. And he is, when when I connect to him, it comes up that he's your guru. And I said, oh, come on, I've got 10 gurus, but why would I want more? I'm born in a Sikh family, and we the religion of Sikhism is based on our gurus. We had 10 gurus. So that's where the journey continued till I did find my guru. Came back to India, started searching for my guru. And when I found him, Just like you stated, that's when life transformed. So instead of being scared or, you know, flippant about being a freak in this world, I actually started to understand and appreciate what I had. So prior to this, people would come and say, come touch me again because my pain goes down or, you know, my wound heals or whatever, I started understanding that the energies turn around me, become so benign that if somebody is truly interested in making a change, they can have that change just by aligning themselves to me. 
would be the best way I could explain it. So yes, I spent a good 20 years with my guru, uh, really enjoying life. Uh, I met him at a turn where I understood that it's for the greater good of mankind that one must sacrifice their, let us say, their minor desires. So I took the challenge of becoming the spiritual teacher and of uh, wanting to impart this knowledge and information to people. So making that my main mission, like, uh, let us say, you know, Christians take it in a different manner. But as Jesus and Krishna are the same, uh, it's like you get married to Krishna. means you got married to your higher self for the cause of evolving the energies in the world. Uh, okay. So, yes, uh, that is the energy that took over and uh, I've been following that pathway since I met my guru, trying to do whatever I can for, let's say, the goodness of mankind and whoever I can touch with the, with the knowledge, with the light. I like doing that. Uh, it's, it's very rewarding. It's very nice to hear you say that uh, the benefits you still feel till today, and that's uh, that's the biggest pleasure that I get from knowing that people welcome this, and that I've been able to do something good for them. Oh, abs that's absolutely, absolutely, and it's ongoing. You know, it <clears throat> it's ongoing, and 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 when you allow. Um, a guru, uh, a sacred teacher to when you surrender as a person um, to someone that you say, OK, I feel validated by this experience. I'm going to surrender myself to it. I'm not going to be argumentative. I'm not going to resist and put up blocks and walls when you can do that, which, uh, you know, not everybody can or will. Uh, there's something very magical that happens. I, I remember when I when I met you uh, prior to meeting you, I got a message like in a dream or a vision that I would be meeting you. Um, and I had told my wife about it and she's the one that met you like physically and said, I think I met the person that you've been talking about that you were going to meet. And there you were. <laughs> and so yeah. we 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 set out on a on a journey um and a journey of uh karma cleansing past life uh cleansing uh surrender and letting go cleansing oh my gosh can we all use more of that you know all the time <laughs> and lots of other things of your work that that i want us to highlight you know in the second part of the show but um absolutely and i i think that's part of you know, one of the greatest experiences of a, a teacher or a, a guruji is that um, we often keep hearing back from people that are coming in for an attunement or something like that. But often people that are 
it's like you, you've set them up to go on their journey and to grow, to do their work and whatever. And, you know, it's nice when somebody touches base again and says, wow, you know, I'm still practicing what you taught me. <laughs> I'm that, still eating that, that Indian is. food and that turmeric. Thank you. And those cumin <laughs> seeds. <laughs> that, that's very rewarding that people appreciate what they learned and they continue using it. That is mm -hmm. the best reward. Yes. Yes, it is the, it is the greatest uh, medicine. And, and for those of you that are just tuning in, um, I want you to go to the website, divine bliss international. Um, it is an incredible organization that is in uh, four places. Uh, throughout the world and and more to come, I'm sure. Um, uh, Guruji Punamji, Punamaji. So you've I've noticed that you've had a shift in your name. Can you can you share a little bit about that? And also, it would help me, you know, call you what you want to be called. That would be nice. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you say it doesn't it doesn't matter what you are called. So. Mostly all the spiritual teachers, when they acquire uh, disciples, then uh, as they grow in their teachings and as they acquire more, you can say, disciples, the mm -hmm. energy vertex starts opening up. So usually the names given to gurus, like from nicknames to their entitled names are either bestowed upon them by their gurus or by their disciples. You don't take it on yourself. Got it. You, you have to be gifted with this name, this title, this endearment, whatever you may call it. So it's like for a long time, people have been like... Uh, let us say the my first disciple showed up something like 30 years ago while I was still in my 30s and insisted on calling me Guruji. So it's like, oh, it was very uncharacteristic because uh, female teachers are not called Guruji. They usually bestowed with the title of some sort of mother. But the name stuck, and till date, majority of my disciples still prefer to call me Guruji, which is actually a masculine uh, word rather than a feminine word. Though it has no genders, it was mostly used for the male genders. All right, we're tuning into you're listening to unity online radio Voice of an Awakening World.
Welcome back to The Intentional Spirit with Reverend Temple Hayes. And thank you, everyone, for being with us, either uh, currently in live time or listening to us later on. We're talking to Guruji, and I would encourage you to know her and know her work. Know about her organization. It's a global organization. They do tremendous work, and I've had the good pleasure and privilege of working with her off and on for the past 10 years. Um, so you can go to divineblissinternational.org. That's divineblissinternational.org. And so um, if you are loving the kind of talks that we have, you can go to templehays.com or firstunity.org to stay in touch and follow us on social network. And you can do the same with Guruji to stay in touch or find out how to make a connection with her. And often people talk about lifting their vibration, changing their energy, changing their energetic body. I can tell you, you're not going to meet, I don't think, anyone much better than Guruji that can do that. I've seen her transform so many lives. So I... I think you're one of the reasons that, you know, we're we're 61, myself and BB, and and people can't believe <laughs> that we're that number, you know, all that all that yeah. energy you did, that work you did on us. <laughs> it's it's always the the age it belongs to the physical body, to when your mind and your physical body blend into accepting your energetic form. You become ageless. So age stops mattering and the flow starts happening in life. So, you know, my guru gave me so many blessings in his final years before he left his physical body from this earth that he would put his hand on my head and literally turn my hair white. So I had stunning white hair uh, in my mid-40s, and uh, I loved loved them and loved to accept them because they they don't mark age as the people think they do in this world. Uh, They mark also the wisdom. Mm. And I just felt so bright and so wonderful inside, and that's where age stopped. Because nobody can tell how old you are or how young you are. When so you're mentioning it, that's wonderful that you are 61 years young. So oh, yeah, I feel are, awesome. I, I just feel so great and so free, you know, yeah. and just happy. I mean, inner, definitely inner, inner happiness. Yeah. I know the the workshop that we did with you was, you know, connecting connecting you to the womb so that you, a majority of the people suffer trauma while they are in the mother's womb. And coming out from the womb of the mother into this world is a traumatic experience. And if you can accept that trauma and clear it out, then life changes into timelessness. There is no time then. Everything is in perfect timing and is beautiful. And please don't get me wrong. I don't mean that 
if you have an appointment at two, you forget and you show up at six. I'm not talking about that kind of time. I'm talking about the general energy of time. It just relaxes around you and becomes one. I remember that we did an all-nighter and then you had to give the speech in the church in the morning. And I told you, <laughs> I just taught you this, just accept. And there you were. You came back reporting it was the best speech you gave till then. And you felt so happy. So you broke through it and that was the freedom. The time just changed for you then. That one I don't forget that, oh my God, nobody else had that much of pressure. Going to office is something different. Uh, standing in front of a room full of people in the church and giving the sermon is another thing altogether. You <laughs> have to have your wits around you. <laughs> that, that's right. That's right. And truly it was one of the most memorable you know, times that of just not going to sleep and getting that work on myself and those essential oils and the healing and, and, uh, and then coming and just, and just feeling so, so vibrant and so free. It was just, it was a real paradigm, um, uh, oh, yeah. shifter, you know, for me. And, and when you have those kind of things, um, then it's a domino effect. And then you're able to release other paradigms and other ways of being in prison. Um, as you and I have spoken about, you know, th there is this whole movement of change your thinking, change your life. And that is a that is a start it is a start. We're happy that people start being aware of their thinking and their lives can change. But I am a strong advocate of change your energy, change your energy patterns, change your energy blocks. And that's when you began to open up, your heart opens up and you start to live into more of the abundance and physical well-being and things of, of that nature. And I'm just such a strong advocate for that. It's like, so if you're tuning in and you're listening and you're going, gosh, you know, yes, I, I, I think positive or I, you know, I am aware of certain things in my life, but I keep having these repeated patterns or, or whatever, or doesn't have to mean something's broken. It could mean that you want to highlight, you know, the greater you, um, then, you know, contact divine bliss international.org because if you could have done it by now on your own, you would have, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember calling that out, you know, calling that out um, at, at 50. I went, I want to go deeper. You know, I want to expand more. I want to be uh, more authentic, um, whatever that is. And I'm ready, you know, so provide me with that support. Provide me with that teacher, with that guru, with someone, you know, and there you are. And and that's very important to to humble yourself for those of you that are tuning in to because you can be free. You can of be course. free if you're willing. And if you go by what I'm saying, if you could have done it by yourself already, you would have. So open up uh, to someone who can see for you uh, the greater good. I remember one of the times I, I sat on the working table with you and you were like, yes, and we're going to, we're going to work with this, uh, you know, with your Akashic records and we're going to work with, you know, your, your past lives. And, you know, and you said, 
remember saying, I remember thinking, you said, and there's about 127 that we're going to clear. And I'm like, I'll be here, you know, I'll be here five years. But I was just, yeah. I was, you know, we all have a system of reality of, well, yes, I definitely have always known I've reincarnated time and time again. But you were just talking about a few that we were going to clear, and you said 127. And I'm like, wow, I've been at this for a while. <laughs> well, let me tell you something. We do ditto repeat lifetime in different locations around the world almost 100 times over. So if I did tell you 127, I'm sure there must have been 127 because oh, I'm sure. we repeat, we repeat, and we repeat our mistakes, and we repeat our mistakes, and we repeat our mistakes. It's really silly and funny, but we get entrapped by our ego's desires over and over and over again, enabling us to repeat our lifetimes in the ditto same manner that we did in the last one and the last one before that and the one before that. I mean to say 127 is small. I have done, I have done uh, past lives with people that have been like clearing more than 300 lifetimes in a session. It's wow. been... It's been deep, but they've repeated the same pattern in 300 lifetimes. So it's it's amazing how determined we are to repeat our mistakes. It is it can... is amazing, and what uh, what really um, I'm just using some of my examples because I. I, I I know that there's no way we can even hardly scratch the surface with you in an hour, you know. Um, and so I'm just kind of doing some teasers, if you will, because I, I really want our listeners to come to the website to explore, to contact uh, Divine Bliss International so you can delve into, you know, a deeper, a deeper work. But working with, um, you know, more of an awareness of past lives, it, it helps you you know, understand things like some of the addictions you might have started out in this lifetime. Or, you know, for me, it's like, well, um, the first time I drank, I became like violently ill, you know, um, violently ill. The first time I smoked, I got severe tonsil issues, <laughs> you know, whereas everybody else was just saying I'm young, I'm having a good time. For me, it was so severe, but I had you know, another lifetime where I totally abused my body. And that wasn't my path this time. Took me a long time to get that, you know, a few years this round, but then to eliminate that altogether. And my point is, is that the being the wisdom to see that some of the things that repulse you are, are uh, you're hesitant about, or some things you discern with others, it might be it's clearly because in other lifetimes that was your that was your path or that was your truth and and you're not judging them because of who they are you're you're learning at least in my own understanding you're learning to free yourself from that part of your own self soul journey but i'll leave that to Guruji to explain 
no, that, that's absolutely correct what you're saying. And if anybody wants to make a change, the first thing, the first step, like, you know, when you're born, the first thing you do is learn how to sit from being flat on your back. And the next thing you learn is how to crawl. So in this same manner, the first thing that you have to do is learn to accept your faults and yourself. In the acceptance of your faults, you will learn how to then set yourself free from them. So there's no acceptance, there is denial, then there is no change. Denial doesn't allow us to change. Only acceptance allows us to change. So, yeah, can encourage people, just take that step. Just make it happen for you. Uh, get into the acceptance. And acceptance doesn't mean with disdain or with your ego's importance that I like drinking. If I may take Temple's example again, I like drinking and I can continue to do so because I've accepted it. You know, the acceptance that uh, drinking is what I'm doing and it's not, I know logically that it is not good for me over drinking might be a little bit of social drinking or once in a while of drinking might be okay, but an overdue or uh, addiction to it is not okay. Then you would be amazed how much your your true self or your higher self can assist you to release that bad habit and bring you into the right balance. So it's not about Giving up things, acceptance is about coming into the true balance with yourself. So basically, I mean to say, yeah, Temple and I are just redoing things that I did for her like kind of 10 years ago. That's a long journey. And she's still remembering it and still experiencing the changes. And that's the beauty because nobody, it's not that you went to a doctor and got, you know, a capping down on your tooth or went to a beautician and got the hair color changed. It is what you did for you. You just took the assistance of somebody to show you which is the right way to do. But unless you open yourself up to you, these things do not change for you. So what I learned was how to show people how to get connected to their higher self. Or you can say this is the capability that I was born with, that I could get people to get connected to the highest frequency that resides in them. And if they surrender to themselves and get it, the changes are permanent and beautiful and everlasting because those are the changes you were supposed to make. If I take Temple's example, 127 years ago, she was supposed to change. And so when she met me, she accepted, yes, okay, I changed. And change happened. Then I can assist with the change, let's put it that way. If the person is in resistance, in denial, and wants to pursue the desires of the ego, 
from them. There is nothing I can do for them except assist them enough that they can see that they would like to surrender to their own higher selves one day. So I can put them on the journey, let's put it that way. And that's what I like the maximum about my life, which, like I said, I surrendered to Krishna. So I do not have any other desire. I didn't take up any life partners or anything. I just remained in love with Jesus and Krishna to continue their beautiful work through this world, which is loving people and showing them how to love themselves. And I want to I want to thank you on behalf of all of us for for your willingness and your agreement to do so. What would you um, just a, a particular person that that comes into your heart? Um, that that comes to mind of like a before and after, you know, without names, of course, but mm, someone that you have found on your path and they came to you a certain way and then through the work, there was this huge transformation. And, and I know there's thousands of those, but I love to hear the stories when, when healers talk about, oh, well, the person I think about or the moment I think about, what would that be for you? Oh boy, temple they have been. I know tens of thousands, a million. I know, I know. But just give us, give us one or two. (laughs) I lost count, but yeah, there are so many. You know, like when I'm talking to you, then I recall. Oh yes, when you mentioned the changes, I went into your Akashic records and said, "Oh my God, yes." Temple gave the best lecture, so that came to mind as like the aha <laughs> moment, you know. Oh, yeah, uh-huh. that one. I, I love that one. And uh, that was like, you know, the cherry on the cake for working so hard, working through your, with you all through the whole night, and being rewarded that somebody changed. You know, the reward is not money. Money is essential to live this physical life, so I'm not denying the value of money, but money is not the ultimate pleasure-giving thing. The pleasure is when you can bring that happiness to people. So, uh, yes, there are so many. So, where do I begin is like... Whatever. Well, I've known, I've known of, of individuals that had cancer or were not really wanting to be here. And and right now with uh, suicide uh, being the second leading cause of death and those kind of things, I, I've, I've seen uh, and heard through community um, such people that you've worked with and they have an entirely uh, different way of viewing life now. They're vibrant, they're uh, what, whatever their definition is successful and it's really wonderful to see. Well, I can tell you something before that, that there is no disease in the body. We are just at dis-ease. So the dis-ease begins in the mind. The mind is prompting us. There is another life that we are throwing away in the self-same manner that we threw away the last. So let us become positive 
and let us look at things positively. So cancer is the biggest cause of cancer is when you blame yourself, when you are guilty, when you feel guilty that you have done something wrong to somebody and it's stuck in your body like a thorn. So wherever you place that thorn, a malignant tumor starts growing and then it's beyond your control because you see one thought leads to let us say two thoughts two thoughts lead to four four lead to eight and very soon we have and i've already told you the speed of a human mind is you know 10 times faster than or sorry 100 times faster than a computer and according to metaphysics a human being in one second can go through 10 million thoughts. So it's immense. How many times are you going to reconnect yourself to a doubt within a minute is amazing. So the cancer keeps growing or whatever depression, call it depression, call it, you know, uh, diabetes, call it something else. So these diseases do not exist in the body. They exist in the mind first. So as uh, Temple is prompting, so I can tell you that I was, uh, I did lots of traveling during my life. So years ago, must be 20 years now, I was traveling and I was invited to somebody's house for dinner. And when I went there to dinner, there, you can say, the person's sister-in-law saw me and felt so motivated. She sat there. She kept peeling fruits for me, kept putting them in my plate, and I kept eating them. Uh, I can tell you that under normal circumstances, I don't think I have the capacity to eat as much as she put in my plate, but I ate it all because she was just flowing with devotion and love and she didn't know how many she had peeled and put in my plate and I don't know how many had eaten but that's how the evening went Uh, the person who invited me felt quite neglected and forgotten because the sister-in-law took over and then as I can see auras and energies your futures your past your things Sometimes it becomes very hard to, you know, stay quiet. So finally, you know, after I, that was not my code of principle to scare people, but seeing that there would be great suffering in her life, I looked at her and said, you better go to a doctor and get yourself checked up because your hormones are all out of order and you're going to get thyroid. Now she was like, really? So she went to the doctor and she got herself checked up for thyroid and all the doctors cleared her. She got it done once and she said, might be the doctors are wrong or the doctor's not good. She got it done from another one. And they both claimed that she didn't have thyroid. And hence I got a great head back because all that devotion disappeared and lots of anger appeared. And she said, well, why didn't, why are you telling me I have thyroid? I have nothing. I got myself checked from the doctors twice. 
So then I had to apologize and look, I'm sorry, but that's what I saw in your aura. And if you don't have thyroid, that's very good. Uh, you know, continue, enjoy life, do whatever. So time went by. Finally, you know, like I said, it was hard to tell where in the world I would be at what time. I could be anywhere. She calls me up internationally, like when you're calling and I'm talking, not now, I'm talking about the 1990s. So, you know, people were not so equipped with their phones and uh, TVs <laughs> right. and whatever else they have. Whatever else they have. So I <laughs> right. call on my landline, you know, at something like 3.30 in the morning in Australia. I was in Australia at that time and uh, this lady is like, you know, somebody is talking and has a very thick, hoarse voice and everything. You know, I'm like, uh, you are fast asleep and you're uh, groggy and you yourself cannot understand what's happening. So finally I say, is anybody there? And somebody says, yeah. Okay, okay, whoever is there, how can I help you? It's 3.30 in the morning at my end, so, you know, can you please tell me what is your problem so that <laughs> I can help you and go back to bed? <laughs> and finally, she musters up some little bit of voice, and she says, well, a year and a half ago, you told me I had thyroid. And, you know, how am I to remember a year and a half ago, between that year and a half I must have gone through like about 10,000 people, might be more. Uh, you know, it's like hard, but then it flashed in my mind, oh my God, this is the lady who, who was very annoyed that she didn't have thyroid. So I said, okay, yes. So she said, well, the doctor has diagnosed me with throat cancer. Oh my gosh. I've been waiting to speak to you because it's been a month. I have no voice. My voice disappears. And oh my, so, well, we'll have to continue this story another time, but go to divineblissinternational.org and learn more about Guruji's work. She's a blessing. She's a blessing. An amazing teacher and healer. Thank you everyone for being with us. Thanks for listening. This is Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Dr. Mona Lisa, and I've been a medical intuitive for over 30 years. Let me help you find new ways to heal physical and emotional problems. Be a part of my Healthy Living Intuitively podcast studio audience every week. Follow me on Facebook, Dr. Mona Lisa fan page, and Instagram, Dr. Mona Lisa One, to get that information. I answer audience questions, and you can learn from people calling in that might be dealing with the same things that you are. Follow Healthy Living Intuitively, part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network, and wherever you get your podcasts.